This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Well, you never know when the next suicide bombing is going to occur, says our guest today. Security is just one of the many challenges that he faces daily as a pastor serving in South Asia. Today, you're going to hear an incredible story of just how awesome our God is to overcome every obstacle so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can reach the nations. We're so humbled and honored to have with us today Pastor Anise. Pastor uh, has a degree in business management from Liberty University in Virginia. He earned his master's degree in accounting from his home country of Pakistan. There, he utilized his education, serving 13 years as a professor of economics and accounting. But God had another adventure planned for Pastor, Pastor Anise and his family, here to tell us about that calling and of God's amazing work in Pakistan is Pastor Anise. Welcome to Saving Grace. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, it is just such a blessing for us to have you with us. You know, here in America, we daily hear stories of persecution of Christians around the world. But for people of faith here in the United States, Pastor Anise, We've not experienced persecution like you've seen and perhaps experienced yourself. It's really hard for us to grasp the magnitude uh, that exists in other countries. What kind of persecution have you witnessed as a pastor uh, in your own country? Well, in my country, we, uh, uh, you know, we, we live through persecution every day. It's an environment of fear and, uh, you know, you just learn to overcome that environment because uh, uh, you just never know where this other attack is going to come out of and where it's going to happen or whether you're going to be a part of it or not. So we pray daily for God's protection. I think it just gives us uh, a lot to trust in our God for protection. Mm -hmm. And it's such a blessing that, you know, God... Uh, protects us through his grace and uh yes. but definitely there is uh, a lot of persecution that we see I, I think it's it's because I think the world is moving in a direction that we are um all across the world we are just becoming uh um such a people that dislike Christianity in general mm. and for no good reasons at all. You know, uh here is a religion that just uh stands for uh love. And uh, it amazes me that people would have all these things against Christian people uh, simply for standing for those beliefs, whereas there are people who stand for killing and injustice and things like that, and yet they are perfectly acceptable. But, you know, I'm proud of the fact that we live in a country that, uh, you know, has that sort of atmosphere, probably brings us closer to God. Oh, wow. That's incredible. You're right. I mean, in that when you are praying to the Lord daily for protection from evil, uh, you also have to grow in your faith to rely on his protection. Truly. Uh, I know you probably have many stories to share of just how God has protected you 
and your family. Uh, I believe you had one story that where you had had shared when you were in this country how your even your own home was under attack. Could you share a little bit about God's protection in that situation? Yeah, I was not here in this country, but I was out uh, doing some of the youth camps that we do in uh, our country and uh, uh, back home. My father is an old man, you know, and uh, uh, he's also very uh, very forthright as well, you know. He had just gone out of the house and, you know, he, had, he was communicating with some of the people who were his friends. And and they just got to talking to him about religion. And, you know, uh, in Islam, you see, uh, uh, the prophets are supposed to be sinless. And they asked my father if that was so uh, in Christianity. And he replied, well, definitely not. Because, you know, uh, it's like the Bible says, all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and he told them that Abraham sinned and yes. uh, David sinned, and you know that is a blasphemy in that country. So you know, in two three hours time, that thing just spread, wow. and we had about five thousand people, a mob of five thousand people, right outside our home, uh, because we run a school and there's a church there and there's a residence there, you know, and these people wanted to burn everything down. Oh. And uh, so I had to run. I organized it with some Muslim friends so that they would stop this thing. And because, you see, we've been living in that area now for over 50 years. And uh, we've been teaching uh, all kids impoverished, whether they be from Muslim background or Christian. You know, this has been free education. And uh, so that had earned us some good reputation. So some of the people were, you know, they, you know, they really... Uh, were sympathetic towards us. And so I called them and then I rushed back home. And, uh, you know, these guys, the Muslim people, uh, we got together with them and they took us to uh, the Muslim clerics and we had to, you know, formally ask for forgiveness, uh, you know, because my dad had done this, you know. And that's how they let us go. But you see, in there is a huge hand of God that protected us from uh, an imminent uh, burning down of everything and possibly killings, you know. So these things can go wrong. If you say a one wrong word, that can get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, there are countries in the world that where you will get in trouble because of these things. Yes. And, you know, when you stop and consider how God's favor uh, mm-hmm. over you because you had built a relationship yeah. uh, with a few who were able to sort of intervene and, and help protect. God is so, so faithful to us, isn't truly, he? Truly, mm. very wow. truly, very truly. Well, uh, in addition to daily security issues, which are huge, insurmountable for for so many who would even consider it, uh, tell us about some of the other challenges that people in your country face uh, and the challenges that that creates for you as a pastor. Um, you know, in any third world country, of course, Pakistan is probably one of the worst ones in that regards. Uh, one of the biggest challenges will be illiteracy and then also poverty. You know, main form of raising uh, finances is agriculture. And, uh, you know, most people uh, do not make much money. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the country lives in villages. Uh, about 65% of the country lives in villages. Um, so because of those things, you see, there is always going to be darkness. Uh, wherever there is no education, there is going to be darkness. Because, you know, 
blind people cannot lead the blind to their destiny and it is uh, that's how we see it there mm-hmm. and uh, you know and when there is poverty in any country one of the biggest challenges going to be that there are going to be uh, very few intellectuals yes and that is so true with uh, pakistan very few intellectuals uh, and that's what we struggle with you know even when you have to take the message of grace to people uh because uh, the christian communities in my country are like uh you know 95% illiterate wow you know so what do you do in that regard exactly. so uneducation and uh that you know uh makes a huge challenge and and we want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing in that regard to teach leaders uh to raise up pastors to take the the message of god's truth to the people Uh, but let's first touch on the issue of poverty, because obviously if you are teaching children, for example, and they're hungry, uh, they're really not going to hear much about that you have to say. So tell yeah. me about, uh, I understand you have a feeding center. Tell yeah. us about that and how that operates. Well, in my ministry, you see, as I get to travel around uh, my country, um, I visit these areas where, you know, we have... Uh, uh church planting um, venues and uh uh we are now experiencing a lot of kids who have come from families uh, whose parents died in one of the suicide bombing attacks so you know those kids uh it's very difficult uh, for them to make do and uh so what we uh understood was or what we prayed about it and uh by the grace of god we were able to start two feeding centers and we have about uh, 40 kids each feeding center and uh so that's what we are doing uh, to feed them one meal a day because that's as much as what we can do right now yes. you know i wish we could do more but that's what we can do it's a start so it's a beginning so you know it's uh we're doing them we bring these kids in most of them are christians we do uh sunday school stories with them you know and and uh we just try to help them uh, grow in their spiritual walk and as well you know uh we try to make life a little bit easier for them you know in providing them a meal a day mm. you talked uh, about god's uh protection uh is there is there a story that you have of god's amazing provision uh in a time that you needed his help so desperately and he oh i've got a lot of stories but one i would like to share is that uh You know, once I had graduated from the Philippines, uh I got my undergrad from there. And uh once I did that, uh, I really was praying that God would uh uh help me get enrolled in a school that was a proper school that was accredited had a high class uh education, high standard of education. And uh you know, I met Pastor Dan Creer uh in the Philippines about two and a half years ago and uh he showed me the way to grace school of theology as soon as i looked at the curriculum mm-hmm. and i found out that it was accredited uh i knew that god had answered my prayer they have been uh, so conciliatory in uh you know mm-hmm. dropping the tuition for us it's mm-hmm. it's very low um even to a degree where a person like myself can afford it uh i came here 2 years ago um just on a leap of faith uh to houston area to 
you know, to tell them that I had problems with books and things like that, uh, which I couldn't have them shipped to my country. So I came here and, you know, God did a huge miracle in that I was able to come here and meet with Dr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. You know, he provided me a home to stay. Uh, and uh, they were wonderful. They just met all my needs. And I'm so thankful to them for uh, all that they have done and the part that they have paid, uh, played in grooming my Christian education. Uh, but all, uh, you know, all in all, I, I really see that as a, you know, uh, a thing that God only can do. And uh, praise be to God. Absolutely. He works, he orchestrates yeah. behind the scenes the people that we need in our lives, all the circumstances to be arranged Truly. so that we can fulfill his purpose. Let's go back and talk about your own experience of becoming a pastor. Uh, you're in a country that is mostly uh, Muslim, uh, and yet you had the rare opportunity to be raised in a Christian home. Yeah. Uh, talk about that, and, and because I understand you weren't necessarily planning on becoming a pastor. So tell us a little bit of your story, Pastor Anise. Well, my father was a first-generation Christian, and... Uh, He got saved under the ministry of the Southern Baptists, and so we were raised uh, under his uh, guidance. And, uh, you know, God had given me the privilege of going to Liberty University after I had graduated out of high school, and I did my business management there. Uh, Went back to Pakistan and did uh, my master's uh, in economics and things like that, and you know, I was teaching, I really had no desire to be stepping into ministry at all. I really didn't want to be in ministry. And one of the primary reasons, you know, was because my father would preach very long messages. <laughs> you know, so I really wanted to uh, avoid putting people under that much pressure. You know, but, you know, six years ago, God sort of pulled me by the ear and he said, you know, I need you in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw a direct call from God into ministry. And so, you know, I had uh, recently been married at the time. So I quit, you know, and I told my wife that God is calling us into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that she said, yes, we'll yes. do what God wants us to do. And so we went back and uh, we uh, went to our home church and I started my ministry base out of there. And, uh, you know, that was a huge challenge because, you know, that meant a huge pay cut. Uh, but uh, still, this is what God wanted us to do. And uh, I was so excited. And uh, today, I can tell you that uh, this is one decision I got right in my life. Ah. <laughs> uh. That's wonderful. We're so glad that you were obedient to God's calling and uh, His amazing work that's being done through you, no doubt about it. Well, so is there evidence that you see uh, of God's provision uh, really causing growth in the Christian community uh, in what you can see? Because if Pakistan is mostly Muslim, uh, then you're working with a, you're working really almost at ground zero, aren't you? Yes. Well, you know, it's like I said, we're working with these youth camps, which uh, last year brought about 34,000 people Mm -hmm. uh, to the youth camps, young kids. And uh, out of which about 20, over 22,000 kids surrendered their lives to Christ. And, uh, you know, those people then go on to their home churches and get baptized. And, uh, 
you know, we're seeing uh, church growth in that grow in that regards. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, you know, I have really uh, experienced. I run it. Uh, I, I pastor my father's church, and I also have planted a church of my own in a city nearby where I live. Mm-hmm. And then there are three other churches that we have helped plant in this mm-hmm. last year and a half. And uh, I personally mentor these guys uh, into you know how they need to approach uh, this opportunity. You know, and it's it's really been incredible because uh, we see a lot of hunger, even in an average person. They want to know more about God's Word and how it can be so influential in changing their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm so proud and I'm so glad that uh, we serve a God and His Word can change lives. Yeah. And that is has always been amazing. And uh, so there's a lot of good things that are happening you know, here in the United States, we often put God in a box, and and we, we know that He still does miracles, but we don't see the miracles, perhaps, because our eyes are not open to see them, mm-hmm. uh, that people are seeing in, in, in some other other countries around the world. Uh, I've heard you tell a story about a young woman who was demon-possessed. Mm. Uh, if you could share with us that story, because yeah, sure. it's just a, a wonderful example of God's power at work in Pakistan. You know, to be honest with you, I'm so scared of demons, uh, personally, you know, but uh, I had an opportunity where a family, it was a Muslim family, they came, they approached me, they didn't know I was a pastor, uh, they approached me because they knew I was a Christian, and they said, "Well, we're looking for a pastor." You know, I heard that Christian. They heard heard that Christian pastors can do something that will get demons out of people. Wow. And uh, you know, so I, I was really, you know, stunned at the time because I've never really had the experience. And I shared with them, you know, that uh, look, I am a pastor, and uh, the only thing I know that are uh, uh, that I can do with you is that I can pray with you. And uh, we can pray in the name of Jesus. And I told them that, you know, I have a strong faith that, you know, the name of Jesus is the only name given by which we can see miraculous things happening. So what I can do with you is that I can pray uh, and we'll pray together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I told them that I'll send some pastors uh, their way because I was busy the week after, you know. Uh, so I asked them if they were willing to pray with me. Uh, you know, and they said, yes, we are, whatever it takes to, you know, get our daughter free of that demon because, you know, it was such a drastic situation. Uh, their daughter would, she would be just sitting and, you know, they said, well, all of a sudden she'll be covered in a pile of blood oh. and, you know, her clothes will get torn out. And I was really scared. I really didn't want to. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, uh, but in any case, I prayed with them, you know, I have, you know, uh, I, I'm thankful that I gathered my courage to where I could say to them, I'll pray with you. And we prayed together. And uh, I didn't hear from them later, but I called them a week later. And actually, I called this pastor who was supposed to go to their house and pray for the girl. And he said, well, no, they didn't contact me. So I called uh, this guy, the father of the girl. And um, I said, well, you know, that pastor said you didn't call him. And so he hasn't been there to pray. And he said, well, you know, we're okay. You know, ever since we came from your house, the girl has been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, we have not experienced that thing uh, okay. ever since. Um, you know, so it's the Holy Spirit who yes. can use us as, uh, you know, unworthy instruments, but uh, he uses us. And I'm so glad that, uh, you know, it encouraged somebody's faith. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. He is still in the miracle doing business, oh, isn't yeah. he? Absolutely. You, you have faced so many challenges in your country, and yet your visit, vision is really God-sized, isn't it? Uh, tell us a little bit about your desire to plant more churches, to raise up more pastors, mm. uh, and what you're doing to help the pastors that you have, uh, have, have found there. Uh, we do camps where, you know, so many people will surrender their lives for Christ, but that will be it. That's where it stops. And we do see a lot of people submitting to full-time ministry. But the problem is that most of these people are, are not educated. And they're especially not biblically educated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like I said, uh, the thing about the blind people. You cannot lead people in the di- right direction if you do not know it yourself. Exactly. You know, so um, I have felt that in my country this is a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we face that pastors are uneducated and they do not have any sort of doctrinal uh, knowledge or for that matter, sound doctrinal knowledge. Mm-hmm. They just go on and preach and wavered uh, preaching and, you and know. probably gullible to false doctrine. Exactly, yes. exactly. And I, I have seen uh, that Satan uses it to his advantages uh, a lot of times to, you know, get people to be going in wrong directions. Mm-hmm. And this happens so much and... So my heart has always been, ever since I've seen that, that God would help us raise pastors that are educationally oriented and that we can give a sound doctrine to mm-hmm. so that they can go and plant churches where they can have members which are in love with God's word. Mm-hmm. So that is what, you know, uh, that, was, that is what led me to pray so much uh, in these last three years. Well, you know, when you consider the challenges that you face uh, the people in your country face on a daily basis, that would be enough to sway some from continuing in ministry, saying, you know what, I don't need this. The, 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 the terror threats, the, uh, the, the poverty, the, all the issues that are, that are here. But it seems that your passion is just simply ignited. Uh, share with us your, about your passion and uh, how how you continue to to keep it fueled, to keep it uh, uh, alight for the Lord each and every day, in spite of your circumstances. Uh, I'm so grateful. You know, um, it's like you said, uh, we're so unworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not worth it. Uh, whenever I see uh, myself in, in the presence of God, I find myself uh, just like Isaiah. Uh, you know, we are not worthy of standing in God's presence. Uh, I'm always confronted uh, that uh, uh, we just need to apply ourselves and God does the rest. And that has always been the case. Despite the challenges, you know, I've always been encouraged. Every soul that gets saved, Mm -hmm. when people raise their hands to accept the Lord Jesus, when we baptize them, you know, when the churches are growing, when the seminars are happening, when pastors are approaching, that is a fuel. Yeah. That is fuel that keeps us going, you know. Uh, it helps us. It helps us to be encouraged. And uh, more than anything, I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit encourages us to keep going yeah. uh, to where, you know, we can do God's will through our lives. And we're just applying ourselves. We're not doing anything, to be honest with you. It's the Spirit of God that we should give credit and glory to the Spirit of God Mm, that accomplishes these things through us, you know. He absolutely does. Wow. 
Well, we uh, have heard incredible stories about the youth camps. Uh, it's encour- it has to be encouraging for you as a pastor to see that the next generation is rising up. Do you see uh, a difference among the young generation as, in comparison to their parents, say, in comparison to that, in comparison to the next generation who has already so, uh, so deeply into the Muslim faith? Uh, do you see a difference uh, in, in, in that next generation of youth? I, I really do, but uh, I, I feel at the same time that uh, a, there is a lot of responsibility that lies on us that uh, we should pave the way in that we can uh, provide some resources, we can uh, uh, set some things up whereby you know these people will have actually the way to get better education, mm-hmm. you know, get then get better biblical education, to be properly, spiritually, doctrinally trained. You know, I think those things will make even a bigger difference. You know, when I look at countries like America and uh, England, and uh, I am so, uh, I, I'm always confronted and I believe very strongly that one of the huge reasons for the blessings of these countries was because they had such a biblical background and they stood on the foundation of faith. And this is why uh, I feel that this is something we have not provided in that country yet. And that's what I am working towards. Mm -hmm. Uh, My hope is that God would allow us uh, at some time to uh, set up a college whereby we could teach and uh, these kids and train them. And then they can go into their environment and be of much more use and, you know. And be a light in the darkness. And be a yes. light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Uh, you you mentioned, uh, you know, the foundation of America, uh, the faith that it was founded upon. And yet we as Americans see that foundation crumbling. Uh, what would you say to Americans who are listening in today who truly take our faith for granted here in the United States. Now, you know, even as Christians, we have become so apologetic and we have so, uh, we're so wanting to be politically correct in everything. We're not wanting to harm anyone's feelings. We're not even sharing our faith to the degree that we really should here in this country. And I, I feel sorry uh, when I see that, you know, America uh, as a Christian nation is... Uh, uh, is tumbling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've turned our backs on the Lord yeah. as a nation, I'm afraid, Definitely. and we need to pray for revival in America, absolutely, as we do for around the world. We, well, you know, one of the things that you, obviously you you are uh, so happy to be a part of Grace School of Theology, and uh, as you know, our doctrine here is faith alone in Christ alone. Amen. And and when you go to uh, other countries where there are just a plethora of, of of religions, uh, most all, if not all, are works-oriented. You have to work your way to heaven. Really? How difficult has it been to you for you to bring a faith message into uh, a culture that is uh, understanding you have to work to get to heaven? Yeah. You know, in our country, because we're coming from such various backgrounds— and I think it's maybe in our blood as well that, you know, we bring with ourselves and we mix it all kinds of theologies of Islamic faith, Hindu faith, Sikh faith into the Christian faith. And we're just trying to blend them in. And all those philosophies are basically works based. Mm-hmm. 
all those philosophies are works oriented and uh you know when you bring them into your christian faith that doesn't work mm-hmm. uh because i can tell you that christianity is unlike any other religion in the world that you know, i i nothing is more truer than that because you know uh even in when i was professoring uh i would have kids ask me questions you know and i would tell them that look the one of the biggest reasons and i was not even into ministry at that time but i would tell them it would be my testimony that uh one of the biggest reasons i am a christian is because this is the one religion in the whole world that says love your enemy like yourself mm. you know we're supposed to love our neighbors uh christianity is all about love and here is all these other religions that are associating so many other different things with it uh we bring that uh in especially in our country uh, you know it's like a package deal we bring it into our christian faith we're working very hard at this that christianity is based upon grace alone faith alone and i am a soul believer that it's the free grace theology that we need to understand our uh, soteriology mm-hmm. and uh, that is what we are trying to spread as we move forward mm-hmm. uh those those are the foundations that we are taking it is difficult uh to get people off those uh, things but you know yes. one thing that has helped us quite a bit uh and that is that we have used scripture to a great advantage and that has helped us you know when we share ephesians uh mm-hmm. 2 8 and 9 with people uh people are stunned i never looked at it this way mm-hmm. you know so uh i am so glad that we are able to share uh the bible in its truthfulness ah and there's such a joy uh when we grasp the truth of free grace soteriology so i'm so grateful that it's being received as well you understand better than most i would say uh the power of prayer how has god strengthened your faith through the prayers that you've had answered maybe there's a particular story uh of answered prayer and you did mention your uh opportunity to come to grace school of theology definitely that one, would be one sure. of those but you know uh i am so amazed and i always marvel at the fact that god answers prayers mm-hmm. and uh you know we're always praying for protection and that god would bring many to these youth camps one of the prayers that i've just about always have answered is is whenever we have asked god to bring 10,000 people to the camps mm-hmm. we normally have 15 uh, you know so god always does more yes. than uh, you know uh we can ever imagine it's uh, you know like uh ephesians 3 you know he says unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may think and i have seen that in practice i had asked god to bring me just one pastor who would share my vision and god gave us three <laughs> you know it. yes and uh, so this is amazing uh, he always multiplies and he tells us that he's a god of bigger things it's incredible and uh it's such an inspiring story when you share of answered prayers inspires others to pray to motivate yeah. them to pray and to watch for God's answers because as we've said he works all around us. Well, how might we pray for your ministry? All the listeners who are listening to you talk today, uh 
I'm sure we've got some prayer warriors in our audience. Mm. How can we pray for you and your country? Um, I would pray, first of all, you know, that God would uh, accomplish his ultimate plan and purpose through us in that country. But, you know, just be encouraged that God uh, uh, is a God who blesses little things mm. and uh, he makes them big. And I'm a true, firm believer in uh, that sort of thing. It, but he requires our prayers. He wants us to be obedient. Uh, I would request prayers that, uh, you know, for security uh, of myself and my family. Uh, we do put ourselves in dangers a lot of times. And, uh, you know, so I'm always praying that God would have his hand of protection over me, over my family. Even over the people, you know, who are working for his uh, kingdom. And the uh, one main goal that we have, and that is that we would be able to spread his kingdom in that country and bring as many as we can. Absolutely, we will do that. And I just thank you so much for listening to God's call, for continuing to do the work that needs to be done in spite of these circumstances and uh, the way you still give God all the praise and glory in what he is doing there in Pakistan. God bless you, Pastor Adis. Thank you very much, Carmen. Thank you so much. I appreciate for you taking the time out to talk to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope you've been encouraged today uh, hearing how Grace School of Theology is impacting the world in spite of great obstacles, particularly as we realize that here in the United States, we are experiencing more and more tragedy as a result of extremists uh, who would want to take away not only our lives, but our faith and the opportunity to speak truth from God's word. So this has been encouraging for me, I know as a believer, and I do hope it has encouraged your heart as well as we continue to pray for victims, uh, families uh, from last week's massacre in Florida. We pray that there won't be other incidences like that. Well, we do want to hear your feedback for today. We would have set up a couple of ways for you to communicate with us. Email us questions or comments to savinggrace at gsot.edu. We'll share those questions or comments on future podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can talk to us there, get updates on new podcasts and events. Our handle is at savinggracecast. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast. It's a great way to introduce family and friends to grace, to encourage one another uh, during difficult times. So thanks for tuning in today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.